0: So this is part two of this two-part pop music discussion. If you haven't seen the part one first, I recommend you do that so that you'll have the context for this video. So as I touched on in the first video, I actually think the, the idea, the concept of the average expression of what is the best or most listenable music in our culture or society right now. I think that's a beautiful idea. But I also don't think that's where we are currently. So to start this discussion, I think we need to touch on music technology. I think what we're currently seeing in pop music is a direct result of certain technological uh, advances or, or developments. Now it's really hard to even try and describe how fast music technology has grown and how fast it's developing. Every year the landscape looks so different. You compare the plugins, you compare the sound libraries, you compare the hardware and the software. And every year it's cheaper and better. And because the technology is more affordable than ever and it's only going to get more and more affordable and better more and more people can make music that sounds great purely from a sonic standpoint and I think we're drastically underestimating how much of our musical experience actually comes from the sound rather than the composition or the songwriting and I think there's tremendous confusion about what constitutes to a great musical experience. Now, granted, sound is extremely important. It is an inseparable part of composition or songwriting. But too much of anything is not good. What a lot of people don't realize is that in the music industry, in the audio industry, We have individuals who are masters at treating and massaging the audible human spectrum. And what that means is that they've become masters at treating audio in such a way that it sounds extremely pleasant or otherwise effective to the listener. And for the human ear, for the human mind, We have certain preferences in terms of the different frequency ranges that we can hear. And we like to hear different things in a different way. So we prefer bass frequencies delivered to us in a certain way. We prefer mid-ranges a certain way and we prefer the high-end in a certain way. Making music sound good is very challenging but there's something that you can actually do in order to make it easier for you and that is to decrease complexity Now any decent mixing engineer or music producer knows that it's very easy to make a song sound great if it only has a kick drum or if it only has a vocal and as you increase the complexity of the music Purely from a sonic, from an auditive standpoint it becomes more difficult to make it sound good. By no means am I saying it can't be done. I mean, it's done every day of the year many, many times but it still doesn't change the fact that it's very easy to make the song sound polished and punchy and ready if you drop the complexity of the music. And when you partner modern music production and recording technology with the simple fact that if you keep complexity down it is easier to make things sound good. So right now we're in a place where if you are technologically savvy enough and you understand the concept of keeping complexity low then you can make songs that sound excellent, that sound punchy and polished and ready. And right now, I think we have way too much of the sound and way too little of the composition, the design, the songwriting of it. It's no wonder that if you listen to music that is on top of the chart, you will usually find that you have three Maximum five different things playing at a time and it's not only because Pop music needs to be simple in order for people to understand They keep the complexity low because it's extremely easy to make a kick drum sound great when there's nothing fighting it or making a vocal sound extremely Present and polished when it's not fighting anything else. I think it's great That there's more and more music that sounds amazing and if you compare it to some of the recordings done you know 50 years ago musicians didn't necessarily have a lot of control over what the music ended up sounding like i mean you had the tape machine you had your instruments you had your space and it was all about capturing music it wasn't really about trying to sculpt the auditive side of it to a precise degree and you can argue that there was a lot of good in that but you can also argue that a lot of things were lacking from that and I'm not here to argue which one is right or wrong or better or worse I think there are merits to both So what is the answer? What should we be doing or what can we do? Well, like in most cases, I think the answer is in between the two. So there's too much sound and too little structure, too little design. I don't think we've necessarily lost a lot of the craft that was developed in the West for many hundreds of years i think that compositional i think that compositional knowledge is still here but people who are interested and willing to integrate that into their work well there aren't that many of them if you are a great songwriter if you are a great composer you owe it to your music to figure out how to make it sound precisely the way it should sound. Now, maybe you don't have the perspective to understand what that means, but you need to find someone who does. And for the other end of the spectrum, if you are great at making sounds sound amazing, then you owe it to that skill to bring some more depth to your music. Now, I think it's pretty clear that certain types of pop music exists solely to accommodate certain type of social behavior. That it doesn't really exist because of any artistic or musical need actually exists. But rather to build a market or to build a brand around an artist. And certain business people abuse the fact that people need to feel like they belong and they can build these tribal social structures around an artist around a sound of an artist and that artist is used as an accommodating hub for selling and instead of existing because of an artistic, expressional need. It pretty much exists so that it can be sold. So that it can be embedded into a part of a culture, and therefore can be leveraged to make money. I think that's such a huge topic that it deserves a separate video. So that this one isn't excessively long. So that's what I think about the current state that's what I think is happening and I think a lot of it is stuff that is very hard to pinpoint unless you stop to think about the state of sound the, the state of how excellent we've become at treating sound and assembling sound in such a way that it seems aesthetically pleasing to us Or that it's effective in making us feel a certain way Perhaps make your own test, you know Pull up music from the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, the 90s and so forth And see, don't see, listen to how it's changed And you can also listen to the five or ten favorite albums that you have and try and think about whether you're actually enjoying the sound of it or the structure of it, the meaning that is implied within the design of the music. And again, I'm not saying it's good or bad. I'm just saying there are different aspects of creating Great-sounding music. Finished.